Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service on October the 2nd, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Good morning. On this, and what a beautiful morning it is today. A very warm welcome to our service. Whether you're from near or far, whether you're on the screen or in the room, welcome. You are all welcome here. Now, my name's Joe, and I'll be leading the service. Ian, our rector, is on leave, and Judith will be leading us in a reflection later on in the service. So thank you for that. Um, So let's gather our thoughts together and clear our minds as we light the candle and hear the gong or the singing bowl, that's the word, (laughs) and then take a few moments to, to bring our thoughts here to worship this morning. With nature in its power and beauty, rain and wind and sunshine, with the ancient rocks and the budding flower, we gather in praise of God. With believers and seekers the whole world wide, with people in every land and speakers of every language, we gather in praise of God with the angels and saints in heaven, and with all who have worshipped in this place, we gather in praise of God. With Jesus who promised his presence and the Spirit who showers us with her blessings, we gather in praise of God. Here let heaven and earth embrace. Here may God's people find home. Let's stand and sing together our opening song. Making all new, leaving nobody your turn. Sing a new song. 
we remain standing for our prayers of confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. for the gospel acclamation. Here we go. You've got to open the word. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Glory to Christ our Savior. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you? would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink and later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the gospel, good news for all. 
praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. Do sit down. I'm jolly glad we have the Timothy, because, you know, you know, us grandmothers don't often get mentioned, so... <laughs> Happens to be a favourite passage of mine, so thank you. <laughs> um, let's just pray. Father, each one of us comes to you now this morning, ready to listen and ready to receive. Nourish us this morning, we pray. Amen. So, we're sitting in a metal tube, all right? And a voice comes over the intercom. Cabin crew secure the cabin for takeoff. And slowly, very, very slowly, 80 tons of metal backs away from the terminal and makes its steady journey along the tarmac to the runway. And then I say to you, as the steward walks down the aisle, checking that our tray tables are secured and our seat belts are fastened. What on earth do we think we're doing? There's no way in a million years this thing will get off the ground. And you turn to me and you say, it's fine. I don't understand aerodynamics either, but I have faith in the physicists who do. I also have faith in the engineers who built the plane. And although, <laughs> I kid you not, 65% of the plane's weight is in the fuel. I have faith that these people know what they're doing and a sudden spark won't ignite the fuel and send us sky high in seconds. <laughs> so the question I want to ask us today is, what is faith? Where do we get it and how do we keep it? And what on earth is Jesus saying when he tells the apostles that if they have faith as small as a mustard seed, they will be able to uproot a mulberry tree and throw it in the sea? As Christians, we use the word all the time. You hear people say, are you people of faith? Or somebody might say, talk about losing my faith. Or we read that Jesus says to someone he's just healed, your faith has made you well. And in fact, later on in this very chapter, we're told how Jesus heals 10 man, men of leprosy, but only one of them, a Samaritan, comes back. He comes back thanking God, and Jesus says, Didn't, weren't all 10 of them cleansed? Was no one else found to come and praise God except this foreigner? Rise and go, your faith has made you well. And of course, as Christians, what makes it more complicated if, the, if you tell me that you've got faith that a plane is going to rise into the sky and stay safe, you are doing it with evidence that can be researched and verified. And what complicates the word of faith for us as Christians is that you and I know our faith is based on so much, but in the end, empirical evidence is a bit thin on the ground. And I'm not sure if there are answers to all the questions, but I do think that the passage we've just read in Luke is far more helpful than you might have first thought. So let's look at the passage. And you know, you and I can be forgiven if our reaction when hearing these te texts is to move on quickly to the next chapter. 
Because it seems that what Jesus is saying is that none of us have a decent amount of faith. Because if we did have enough faith, even as small as a mustard seed, we could do anything, even something as pointless as throwing a full-grown tree into the sea. (laughs) Anyway, the first thing to remember about these verses in Luke form the very end of a very lengthy section in Luke. So Luke has gathered lots and lots and lots of incidents that are all about who participates in the kingdom of God. And that began way back in chapter 13. And throughout these chapters, the narrative flips backwards and forwards between Jesus speaking to Pharisees and Jesus speaking to disciples. And it seems that what Luke wants his readers to understand is that Jesus' teaching so often manages to combine both an encouraging word for the disciples and at the same time a warning for the Pharisees. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. So much of what we read in these chapters of Luke contains good news but also a reprimand. Helpful to keep in our minds when we're reading. However, having said that, this piece about faith is less of a reprimand than you might think. So, this gets a bit complicated here. But, so Jesus says, if you have faith. Now, there are two words in Greek for faith. One of them indicates circumstance opposing a fact. So your fact is faith. What, the if there indicates an, uh, opposing that, that, that fact. The other indicates a situation according to the fact. So actually, the word Jesus uses here isn't reprimanding them for their lack of faith, but is affirming them for their faith. And actually, it would be better translated as, if you have faith and you do have great faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can do great things. And the other thing to remember is that mustard seeds and strong-rooted mulberry trees, or in some translations it talks about sycamore trees, are both proverbial for the people who are listening at the time to Jesus. So these words of Jesus don't infer that a tiny amount of faith will give you great power. What those listening hear is this glorious contrast between the seed and the tree. Mustard seed means tiny, insignificant, hardly visible, so tiny it could blow away any moment into the wind. The sycamore uh, or the mulberry tree, on the other hand, represents all that is majestic and beautiful, all that is noble and true. In my own life, faith can feel like a sudden inner yes, a sort of inner lift that takes away my fear and gives me hope. It's a tiny spark that suddenly opens up great expanses of God's love and the knowledge that God is truly at work in the world and in our lives. But at the same time, I know I can't manufacture that spark, however tiny. I can't make myself have faith. One day, I go about doing whatever I have to do, conscious of God's presence, God's voice, God's love, And at other times, there's nothing. And then here we come to the second half of this reading, which once again, at first, sounds like a reprimand. But it's not about a cruel, vindictive master who crushes his slaves underfoot and expects them to wait on every need. It's actually about a small landowner, sorry, landholder, farmer, with just one servant. 
And when the servant has completed his work, he doesn't put his master under any obligation to reward him. When Jesus spoke these words to the people who were listening to him, the taken-for-granted script, apparent to ancient readers but easily missed by us, is that the words, would he thank the servants because he did what he was told to do, wouldn't refer to a verbal expression of gratitude, but of faithfully keeping to the accepted way of living, of harmony between master and servant. So in fact, this is a story about harmony and about, keep, about understanding one another's place and what we're expected to do. And of course, for you and me still, the, the illustration grates, doesn't it? Because we're not comfortable with slaves and servants and masters, especially in this church. <laughs> so, sorry, I couldn't resist. So let's, that, let's think about an example that, that might speak to us. So let's think about an el- a, a, a son looking after an elderly father with di- dementia. How often the son struggles to believe that this man he's faithfully serving is the same loving father who cared for him when he was a child. The son remains faithful even though the father never says thank you or rewards his son. And how often does the son, at the end of a long, tiring day, long to be looked after, again, as he was when he was a little boy, but he has to press on, make sure his father is fed and washed and comfortable in bed before he goes and puts his feet up with a glass of wine and a plate of food. And the son continues to look after the father, even when he hasn't got enough faith to believe he was loved as a child, or even that the same person he's caring for, who is jolly difficult and bad-tempered, was the same lovely person he knew before the illness took hold. The son presses on, faithfully caring, because he's in a mutual, faithful, committed relationship with his father. So we can't always have faith, and sometimes we just have to be faithful. Remember, throughout Luke's Gospel, Faith is not so much a possession, something that you get. It's, it's more as, a, as it's an outlook or an inclination. And how many times Jesus told his followers he had come to take away fear and anxiety. Faith leads to faithful behavior. Lack of faith leads to fear and anxiety. To the woman who washed his feet with perfume, and wiped them dry with her hair, he said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And that is what having faith means. It means being at peace. So what Jesus is describing here is what it feels to be like, what it feels to be like in a mutual faithful relationship. A mutual faithful relationship in which both God and we work together to bring about the kingdom of God. A relationship in which you and I offer our tiny, almost invisible seed of faith, and God moves across the faith of the earth in our lives and in great and magnificent ways. And even if in your busy life you lose the seed down a crack in the floorboards, or you throw it out by mistake with the rubbish, or even if you leave it in your trouser pocket and it goes through a hot wash, 
or even if you throw it over the garden wall because you're fed up with carrying it around. I do believe that sooner or later, a small bird will drop it in your lap when you're on a beach watching a sunset, or you hear the love and the care that someone is giving others, or something that you could only describe as a miracle, good news in a world so full of bad. And that moment you will say, yes, I believe. And as you do so, through this tiny window of faith, you will see the marvelous and wonderful things about a God who loves you and loves the world, who's ready to work with you in partnership in the kingdom of God. You will find another seed and you will again have a yes moment when you will know without any doubt that God is there, faithful and constant, working in your life and in the world. Amen. Let us pray, trusting in our loving God and giving thanks for God's goodness, grace and mercy to us and to the world. And when I close each bidding with, according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, will you reply, increase our faith? So, according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, Increase our faith. And so we pray for our weary world and its people, especially where there is widespread suffering and loss of life, where there is war, where there is the persecution of minorities, ethnic cleansing. We pray the Lord will give wisdom to those who work for peace and justice and skill to those who relieve suffering and who bind up wounds. We remember especially the Ukraine and the fear of those living in the shadow of Putin's threats. We remember fighting and tensions in other nations and the suffering of millions of refugees. And as we pray for our weary world and its people, we say, according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. We pray about the natural disasters caused by fires and floods, typhoons and hurricanes. We pray for the battered communities in the southern United States, in Pakistan, in Southeast Asia. May you guide the responses at government, state, local level, to save and protect the most vulnerable. And as we pray for our weary world and its damaged people, we say, according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. We pray for governments and political leaders, especially our own at this time. And through this party conference season, we pray for everyone who has been elected to serve in government and in opposition, and they bear a great weight of responsibility, and we pray for strength and wisdom and integrity for each of them. And may they know the love and presence of God as they prepare for the challenges ahead. And throughout the next parliament, we pray that the voices of those on the margins are placed at the center 
and that greater effort is made to ensure every person and community in our country is able to flourish. As we pray for our political leaders, we say, according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. In this season of creation, we continue to play, pray for this planet Earth and give us the wisdom we need to live on this planet without destroying it and help us to feed our populations without making it impossible for future generations to live. Give us the political and corporate will to change our habits of production and consumption. Show us how to be good stewards of your precious gifts and how to be humble participants in a living, breathing world that is so much larger than humanity. As we pray for our planet, we ask according to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. And we pray for the church of which we are one small part. Our scripture readings and reflection serve to remind us that faith is practical and down to earth. Guide us as a church and as individuals toward meaningful action. To care and to serve and to work for a fairer and more just society. Help us to unite in the body of Christ in order to proclaim with integrity a gospel of healing, of peace, of humility, and hope. And bless Ian, our minister, while he is on retreat. May he meet with you in profound ways to be nourished and restored and guided and empowered for your glory. Praying for our church, we say, according to, our, to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. Finally, we pray for those close to us who are injured, sick, dying, and for those who grieve. And in the next moment, we name others, either out loud or before you in our hearts, knowing that they are closer to your heart than we can imagine. According to your purpose and grace, O Christ, increase our faith. We bring these and all our prayers to you, God of love, grace, mercy, and wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
of creation, rejoicing that you are made in God's image and seeking justice for those who do not share in earth's bounty, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. So we sang this song a couple of weeks ago, but in case you weren't here, didn't have access to that, I'm, I'm gonna sing it just one time through. It's very, very simple. And with this song, we send ourselves out to uh, love and serve the Lord. It goes like this. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Go in peace to love and Love and serve.